Do you want to get cognitive dissonance streamed to your iPhone or BlackBerry? If so, download Stitcher free today at Stitcher.com. Be advised that this show is not for children, the faint of heart, or the easily offended. The explicit tag is there for a reason. This is Cognitive Dissonance. Every episode we blast anyone who gets in our way. We bring critical thinking, skepticism, and irreverence to any topic that makes the news, makes it big, or makes us mad. It's skeptical. It's political. And there is no welcome at. This is episode 133 of Cognitive Dissonance. We are now in our first season. I can't wait for the season break, which is going to come never. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's it's really an extended narrative yeah. arc. So <laughs> it's, every episode's a cliffhanger. Yeah, we're gonna. You just people everybody's are, just waiting for the character development. Like people are so just wait, hoping we don't come back. Is the key? Right? That's exactly it. Like it's like the most depressing TV guide you've ever opened up. It's like oh, fucking they're back. <laughs> oh, it, you oh. know you know what our show is. Our show is mash. It's fucking always on somewhere. It's always, it lasts longer than the actual war. <laughs> so later in the show, we're going to have Tanner Campbell from the No God cast and also from various projects that he'll tell us about. But not the projects. Like, he's not OG. Like yeah, no, that, no. But he's got some projects. <laughs> the projects. <laughs> it was so bad. Oh, I want to. I want to mention so too. Uh, I know I've been asking everyone like crazy uh, if they will vote for us in the Stitcher Awards. I'm asking for your vote in the Stitcher Awards. We're probably going to releasing <laughs> again on Sunday, maybe even fucking Saturday, Tom, just to see if people will fucking vote for us. Because right now I look, look, looked at Terry Gross's page. She has like 122,000 fucking likes on Facebook. Like. She could fucking squash us with a fucking wink of her eyelash. She'd be like, "Yeah, you're you're gone, son," and we would just be decimated under a fucking flood of votes. All she has to do is just implore her audience one time, and it's exponentially bigger than any reach we could possibly get. the The only hope we have of of winning the Stitcher Award in our category or any category yeah. um, is that the the really big shows will be unaware of Stitcher's yeah. existence. <laughs> yeah, that's the right? only thing that's going to help, right? And that we have a fucking awesome yeah, audience. Yeah, that votes every, every day. Every time we've asked them yeah. for help, they have come to our... Like, we've asked you guys to donate to Doctors Without Borders. You raised a ton of money. We've asked you guys to donate to your local food depositories. You've raised money for that. We've asked you guys to do a lot of things for, for the show, for your community. We've got an awesome and engaged audience. Um we don't have 122,000 no. members of Goodness said engaged gracious, audience. that's huge. No. We're only like 117,000 yeah, short. Yeah, we, we need a few more. <laughs> 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 but uh, but voting every day helps, right? I mean, my, my hope is that what happens is that they wind up voting once, but our 
the folks that listen, the, the badasses that listen and vote for us, they vote every day. So that's our hope. We're going to post the link on this episode's show notes. And we're probably going to bug you about it at the end of the show. But please vote in the Stitcher Awards. We're in the, in the society and culture category this year. And uh, we're going up against some big shows, and we could really use your vote. So please, please, if you have an opportunity, all you have to do is go to the the website. You have to like them on Facebook, and then you you just vote. And uh, and then we get a vote. And hopefully we uh, we take it to Terry Gross. And if you don't have a Facebook account, just make one in the name of Tanner Campbell. Yeah. <laughs> and <laughs> it is altogether right to discriminate against homosexual behavior. I'm arguing that it's time that we as conservatives that we rehabilitate the word discriminate, that we reclaim it, that we dust it off, and that we use it and that we use it unapologetically, and I believe we need to begin to say, look, it is altogether right for a rational culture to discriminate against homosexual behavior. Okay, so this first story, Cecil, comes from The Independent. Uh, fuck. Yeah. Uh, I don't know. Uh, wow. Okay, so crisis in South Africa, the shocking practice of corrective rape aimed at curing lesbians. Um Jesus Christ, this is one of those soul-crushing stories that, like, if you were, if you had any hope for humanity, if you had woken up and thought, man, it's a good day to be human, uh, really do not navigate to this story, because it is a soul-crush, like, it makes, like, it makes fucking machete amputations seem like bubbles. <laughs> you know, right. you're like... Seem like watching Pokemon or something. Right. Exactly. Like, oh, I got to catch them all. Like, and you're just like, you've got like a fucking basket full of yeah. hands. It's, it's that. <laughs> <laughs> Although how you catch them at that point, I don't know. So this well, is, they can't this go story that is, fast. You know what I mean? <laughs> this story is so bad. Um, it, I, wow. So I guess in uh, South Africa, it's becoming something of a thing for uh, assholes to rape, uh, gang rape, brutalize, beat, otherwise torment um, people that they identify as lesbians. Uh, it's unclear whether they vet their process. Yeah, I'll right. just say they identify them <laughs> as lesbians. They don't, they don't make them fill out a form and triplicate. Right. It's it, Yeah. Do you swear? No. Okay. So that's not how that works. Um, so they, they rape these women uh, because they've decided that these women are lesbians in the with the idea, I guess, or excuse. It's, it's an excuse. It's, not, it it's an possibly. excuse. It's an excuse. Yeah, of curing them of their lesbianism, Cecil. And people wonder what's the harm in, you know, using your bully pulpit to rail against the gays. Yeah, you know, I mean, obviously, you know, it's a very complex situation down there, right? So you don't want to just be like, well, this is the only reason is because they. No, of you know, course. But not. I will tell you right now. It isn't fucking helping, you know? It's not fucking helping right. the situation. Right. You know, so <laughs> the idea that, that you're going to be like, well, there's so many different political and socioeconomic factors that are, yeah, absolutely. You're 100% correct that there's a, there's all these other factors that go into this. But the one factor that you could take out of the equation and it might cause less harm is religion. Because if you, if you start, demonizing homosexuals, people treat them as less than. Could you imagine a story, Tom, in the United States? And, you know, obviously there's no way to make a, a comparison. There's no way for me to make some sort of analogy. 
But let's just say, and I'm not saying that gay people are dogs, but let's say that there was a rash of people raping dogs in the United States. There would be an absolute uproar, right? Yes, there would. You know? Yep. But the problem is, is that they're treating these people as even less than dogs, right? They're less than they're less than anything that you think is worth anything. They are they're the dirt on the ground. They're not worth a thing to these people. They don't care a bit about them. And they're utilizing it. It's not just the the psychopaths, right? Because you could easily point to it and be like, yeah, there's fucking a lot of psychopaths out there fucking raping away. They're, you know, they just fucking have a rape quota to fill today and they've just got to go fill it. Well, it's not just psychopaths, okay? The problem with religion is what Sam Harris pointed out, is that it, sometimes it can make really good people do really bad things. And they can they can be in a, a group of people that say, well, this is the only way to cure them of this. And you want the best for them. Well, this is not the best for them, but it's, it's something that your mind is sort of putting together that thinks it's the best for them. You know, and I also want to point out that in, in many parts of the world, um, and unfortunately in many parts of, of Africa, um, and I, I don't think it's the case as much in South Africa as in other places, but um, rape is used as a weapon of war. Um, expressly, it's used as a weapon of war. And what you're describing, this, this identification of the enemy as other, um, is, is a tactic. It's, it's part of a war. Um, when you, you, you cannot commit atrocities against other human beings. You can, however, commit atrocities against subhumans, right? Yeah. So, but you have to first create a class of subhumans. Um, and there's nothing smaller. Like you were saying, like the dog analogy, um, you know, there's nothing less than a person you've already said is less than human. Even dogs are above that. Um, so, you know, when you, when you wage war against ideas... Um, but those ideas are definitional to who people are, um, you are waging war against people. And eventually the weapons of war will be used against those people. Um, and rape is being used all across the world and always has been, but it's being used right now all across the world as a weapon of war. It's being used to threaten, to intimidate, and to destroy cultures um, and to destroy ethnic groups and to you know d marginalize people. Um, so you, you look at something like this, and they're calling it. I mean, the term in the article is corrective rape. It's such an utterly repugnant term. There can never be anything corrective about rape. It's a, it's a disgusting. It's a horrifying article. Um, and this sort of thing, this this missionary uh, hyper uh, Christian bullshit that's getting exported to Africa um, constantly by these missionary assholes who are looking at it as a fucking grand adventure to spread their Bible across, you know, the, the, the African continent. Um, they're killing people. Like, they're, they're, these bad ideas are responsible for some of this violence, or at least partially responsible for some of this violence. Yeah, there's a story in here that's just, I mean, it's just so hard to read. This, this woman, her mom... I'm going to read some of this. Her her mother suspected Pearl might be a lesbian as she were as she was a tomboy. And so one day her mother returned home from church with an old man. Pearl doesn't know what conversation had taken place, only that the, there was money involved. Her mother told her to go to her room. She said, "If I don't do what's right, I won't get my lunch tomorrow." And then the man entered her bedroom. 
He locked the door and he was in, and she says, I was in my pajamas and I was about to get in bed and he told me how beautiful I was and how fast I was growing. And basically this guy rapes her. He starts beating her. She screams. Her mother comes to the door and says, be quiet. And then I'm gonna read this next part. It says, the next morning, Pearl's mother acted normally as soon uh, and, and soon after asked him to move in, the man to move in. And for the next four years, he regularly raped Pearl as her de facto husband to make her straight. She tried going to the police, but they started laughing when she said the most recent rape was last week. Tom, I can't imagine a single thing I could do in the world. I could light half of the world on fire. And I could not imagine a single thing in the world my mother my mother would pay somebody to rape me for. You know I, what I mean? Right. Like like right. it's like it's my own mother. There's nothing I could do. I could be literally Hitler. Literally Hitler. <laughs> and she would think that that would be a punishment too great. Yeah. It's it is a punishment too great, man. It's for not, nothing, right? Like, I mean, obviously it's a punishment because yeah, she's no not doing anything being wrong. Committed. Right. You know, it's it's wrong on every conceivable level. I mean, it really literally is, right? Because there's no crime that's being committed, and the punishment that's being meted out is an inhuman punishment. So it's it's a it's a punishment that is never okay. It's never okay, like you're saying. Like there's no there's no there's nothing you can do that makes that an okay punishment where you're gonna where a civilized society can look at that and say okay, we've decided that the right punishment for this is raping you. Like, that's never, that cannot come out of the mouth of a civilized society. Um, and particularly for a crime that is no crime. They also witnessed a controversial same-sex wedding, courtesy of the AIDS Healthcare Foundation. According to the Pasadena Star News, a pair of homosexual hairstylists will marry, quote-unquote, on the parade route while wait, riding a wedding cake-shaped float Sponsored by the AHF, so this is a, um, an AIDS group. This is this, this is a group, AIDS group yeah. against AIDS. They're not trying yeah. to spread AIDS, right? And I mean, because well, no. if you're trying to spread AIDS, you would have pro homosexual propaganda. But if you're trying to stop it, yeah, they may be serving lemonades too as part of the event. I, I, I hope not. But I, I wonder. May. I wonder what the Rose Bowl parade would would do if we had like a, a stoning of a homosexual along the parade. You know, just I, I think that would expression be expression of free speech and I, all that. I, I think that would be. Uh, that would be rejected by the Rose Bowl Parade well, what if, Committee. What if the stones were just made like of flowers? Yeah. And flower I, petals. Well, then I guess, I don't know if they'd allow for that or not. Well, anyway, ladies and gentlemen, uh, this is another another instance in which um, the, the degradation of our society is going mainstream. So, Cecil, this story comes from Right Wing Watch. Um, Swanson and Buner. Bunner? Buner. Buner. Buner, I Wonder say. why the... Buner, damn it. Wonder why the Rose Bowl parade didn't include a float with a gay person being stoned to death. Uh, well, because that would be fucking horrible, Buner. <laughs> it really would. Because that would be the, like, that would be the fucking biggest downer to explain to your kids. Like, you're, like, watching the Rose Bowl, and you're like, oh, there's the Snoopy float. Oh, look at Snoopy. I fucking love dogs and Snoopy. And I don't really understand Charlie Brown really, but I like dogs and Snoopy. Like, that's great. And <laughs> Like Garfield comes out and he's like, "Oh, he hates Mondays." And like, <laughs> he loves then, lasagna. He's a cat. <laughs> look at him. Look at that guy go. He's so happy. And then the fucking hate parade like swings into full force. Like, oh, look, they're stoning somebody for loving the wrong gender. How do you even Aww. depict that on a float? Yeah, how do you? How could you? Yeah, I guess the person would have to have a sign on them that said like, "I am gay," and then they'd have to be like buried in the float. Yeah, they'd have to be, and then they'd have to get the stones thrown at them. Well, but right. they would be flowers. Paper they wouldn't do it for stones. real. It's just flowers. No, that would be ugly. Yeah. 
And the blood would just be corn syrup. Right. I mean, we wouldn't want to be. This is a fucking kid's hate parade. Yeah. <laughs> you know, we don't want to. It's like Hell House on you... wheels. <laughs> Buner here has just this. He's got this this way about him where I think he's trying to be funny. And I listen to both of these and you could hear there's this sort of level of comedy. He's trying to drop this. He's being sarcastic and he's trying to drop this stuff in. But the problem is he's talking to an audience that literally believes that fucking God floated animals in the fucking water for 40 days or whatever. So he's listening. He's talking to a group of people that already don't really have a great grip on reality. So he's talking about AIDS when he's like, he's like, and this is an AIDS group. He's like, this is a group against AIDS. They're not trying to spread AIDS, right? But he's basically saying, like, the homos spread AIDS. Right. The homos. Right. That's exactly what the he's saying. The homos yep. spread because they're the homos and they got the AIDS, the full blown AIDS. They've got it. Look, this is a guy that's seen rent. He knows how the yeah. world works, damn it. <laughs> he's seen you rent. Know, he's, he knows, he knows that the gays loop. are out, <laughs> that they're out there with their fucking. AIDS decoder oh, rings that Pat God. Robertson was complaining about and sticking everybody in the, with the AIDS rings. And yeah, I mean, because he, he goes on, you can tell that this is a, a, a thoughtful and rational person. Uh, his partner, Swanson, um, can I call him partner? Is no, that no, 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 no. That's, that's a fucking politically charged word there, my, yeah. my partner friend. <laughs> he goes on to say that the gay community is coming after Christians. Hey, yo. And we'll have them burned at the stake. Yeah. Ah, yeah, that seems super likely. Uh, remember that time that the tiny, tiny fractional uh, m- minority of people came after the most everybody who's in power and had them burned at the stake? Remember that time that happened? Never. You know, what's the lemonade line? Did you see that? He's like, they'll be serving lemonade too as part of the event. I hope, but not maybe. And he's just like, what the fuck? Lemonade? Is that a joke I'm I, missing? I didn't understand that either. And the guy's like, well, I hope they wouldn't be serving lemonade. Like, why? What would be the harm if they had lemonade? Would- it must be some sort of like, like slur that I'm unaware of. Like, does he think it will be like gay urine and then you'll get like anti-neoplaston gay urine juice? I don't even know. I don't know how to make <laughs> sense of that line. Plastic. The line you're like is... Fucking, you're like chugging the Brzezinski water. Right. It says they may be serving lemonade, too, as part of the event. I hope not, but may, but maybe. It's got it's some weird joke that I'm just not understanding. Does he prefer fruit he punch? Might, is that the problem? You know, maybe he is likes he Hawaiian like- punch. That little guy with the weird hat <laughs> and the red and blue can. Well, the Kool-Aid man is gay. That's yeah, why the Kool-Aid. Oh, yeah. yeah. Then that's, you know, I don't so. really know that he is, actually. So. I don't. I don't. Yeah. I, I mean, I don't think fictional characters can have a sexuality, actually. They're just. <laughs> I mean, well, it depends on the kind people, of fiction you're writing, Tom. Right. Right. Were people up in arms about Dumbledore being gay? Didn't like, but did, Gump, did, uh, Gump, did Dumbledore, like, bend Snape over and bang him in the booty or. It's it's so funny because I think like J.K. Rowling and I could be making this up, but I don't think so. I think she may have said like that Dumbledore was gay, and I'm just like, well, no, he's not. He's not gay in the books. Like you can decide in your fucking imagination that he's gay, but you didn't write it in the books, and that's the only place that thing exists. Right. It doesn't exist outside of. You're a dick. Oh, be nice. Oh, my son doesn't stand a chance. The whole world's gone gay. Oh my god. 
God, what's happening now? We work hard. We play hard. So this story is also from Right Wing Watch, and this is our Klinger Schmidt story, which we have to include every week now. Klinger Schmidt, gay marriage is inherently selfish and abusive to kids. Oh, selfish gays adopting children nobody wants. Assholes. <laughs> oh, look at me. I'm giving a home and food and shelter to somebody in need of it. Oh, aren't you fucking selfish? You fucking only think of yourself and the people you help. <laughs> you know, every time I hear somebody say something stupid like that, I think of that thing that you said a while back, and it's totally true. It's like these people would much rather the children be orphans than be given to gay couples. And that is the absolute worst thing that you could do to a child who doesn't have a family. He isn't loved. He's not loved in that orphanage. And then he gets to have an opportunity to have a family, and you're willing to take that away from him. You're willing to take away the number of suitable places for that child to go. You're willing to reduce that number because of your weird fucking hangups. Right. Well, and listen to this. Listen to this logic. It's so crazy. He says, what is the most cruel thing you can do to a child? After physical or sexual abuse, the most cruel thing you can do to a child is to take away their mother. That's how homosexual marriage causes child abuse. By taking away the child's mother or father and telling the child, your need for a mother is less than our right for homosexual pleasure. Gay marriage is inherently selfish and abusive to kids. Wow, that escalated yeah, quickly. Look, right, right? <laughs> it's... Does like, he think that, he turns the knob up midway through? You're just like, what the fuck? Does, does, does this guy think that that homosexual couples are like murdering or like stealing children from heterosexual couples? Like someone's gonna like some like gay couple, like a gay fucking adoption squad is gonna like kick in my door gay and be like, squad. give me your child, and be like, no, he's got a loving home, and they're gonna be like, we don't care, we're gay. Like, is this the world he <laughs> <We're> thinks? Gay. <laughs> Because this is not how it works. Instead, it's like, I'll live in an orphanage, and that sucks. Yeah, well, you can live in my house. We got two incomes and no kids, so we're pretty much rock yeah. stars. <laughs> Fucking, yeah. yeah, it's not like you're taking away their mother. They already don't have a mother. I know. You dumb fucking goob. They don't have parents, you fucking freak of nature. And it's so funny that he focuses on the mother, too, because then you can't even make the argument that it's a lesbian couple you know, using artificial insemination, right? Because right. he, so, because, and then it's like thrown in there, like, you'd also take away their father. But yeah, I mean, that's not really a part of it because, you know, dads don't matter. <laughs> that's right. ridiculous. You know, it's just an aside. A fucking idiot. Clinger schmack. I can't believe, you know, it's <laughs> like, you're right. It's the, it's the worst logic ever. And then he's just being outright you know, I mean, just saying that it's being cruel to a child to put him in a fucking loving home. You're an idiot. You're clearly a stupid person. story comes from the rawstory.com Texas Boy Scout leader use Christian love and treat gay scouts like criminals uh, this guy doesn't understand stuff 
A Boy Scout troop leader in Texas has come under fire after telling a local paper that he would, in Christian love, treat gay Boy Scouts like criminals and send them to counseling. Well, I guess that's how Christian love works. If you don't like somebody, you treat them like a criminal. Whether or not they're a criminal is evidently immaterial. Right, right, yeah. You know, and this is this is something that came up a couple weeks ago when we had that email exchange and somebody was like, well, you know, if somebody has a weird idea about homosexuals or, you know, says they're bad and says they're evil— that doesn't make you do anything and you don't, you don't have to listen to what they have to say. Yeah. Well, the problem is, is that a lot of people listen to what, you know, when you say a homosexual is evil, lots of people listen to that stuff. And when you say that they're evil, you also say something like this. Like the guy says, it, it's just like if a boy came to me and, and said, he's a thief in Christian love, I would say, you've got a problem and we've definitely will not, will not approve of it. And I would send him to get pastoral counseling. So you're specifically saying there's something faulty with you. There's something wrong with you. You are committing an act that we deem as evil, something that we deem as incorrect. And, you know, that's the problem there. There's your problem is that, is that these people, um, one, they think, they think that, I guess that being homosexual is the same as being a thief or it's in the same level, which is, Weird as hell. I mean, unless you're stealing other guys' hearts. I guess that's the only thing. I mean, like, I, I don't really know. I mean, this is one of the commandments, right? One of the commandments is thou shalt not steal. So it's a it's a big fucking deal. So you're obviously saying that it's it's on par with something that they really take seriously. And that's just it. I mean, you're just you're just treating someone like we were talking about in the first story as less than. And it's it's damaging. It's damaging to these kids. Well, right. And you know, this is an authority figure, right? Um, so this is your this is your this is your scout leader. This is somebody that you, as a child, look up to. Um, and to be rejected, like to have a part, like an essential part of your personhood, rejected as faulty by an authority figure, and not only an authority figure for you personally, but a leader in your community. Yeah. Um, you, I mean, you really can't. I mean, short of just punching the kid in the face, like you just, it's damaging. Like you can't pretend that shit doesn't matter. You can't pretend that's not damaging. It's fucking damaging. It, this hurts kids. Why would you want to have an organization whose express purpose is to like grow the fucking character of, you know, young boys into like strong, upstanding Eagle scouting men, like. Why would you just want to do something that fucking hurts them? You know, the one thing that's good about this story um, is that the scouts have pretty much come out and said, like, this man does not represent us. That's awesome. And that's a great thing. Like, that's a fucking awesome thing. That's what needs to happen in these organizations when this shit happens. Um, I don't think he got fired or I don't know if you can get fired from being a Boy Scout leader or maybe just asked to step down or you have to live in a different teepee or something. I'm not <laughs> sure how that process works so we're going to take a short break give you some information on how to contact us and we're going to be back with a couple more stories and then we're also going to be talking to tanner campbell from the no god cast and from secular programming want to get in touch with the show send an email to dissonance.podcast at gmail.com be sure to follow the show on twitter our twitter handle is at dissonance underscore pod like the podcast page on facebook at facebook.com forward slash dissonance pod or just type cognitive dissonance into the Facebook search bar. Want your voice featured on our show? Leave a short message on our Google Voice at 740-74-DOUBT. 
That's 740-743-6828. Visit DissonancePod.com to see the news stories featured in the show, buy apps and merchandise, or just leave a comment. And to everyone who helps spread the word about the show by sharing it, tweeting it, and rating it on iTunes, glory hole, you fucking rock. So Cecil, this story comes from Bloomberg.com. Noah's Ark risks collapse without bond buyers by February. And, you know, Cecil, Noah didn't have to deal with this shit. I know it didn't have to put a fucking Kickstarter together. Yeah, he did. He had to fucking, they had, to, they, had to, they had a Kickstarter to collect gopher wood. I don't know if you knew. <laughs> he had a Kickstarter to collect the yeah. gophers. Because <laughs> they were fucking thousands of miles away. Right, right. Yeah, if anybody's got a gopher, please email me at noahtheendoftheworld.com. Yeah. <laughs> now we need to make fucking that fucking email address. Ridiculous. Um. So yeah, the Kentucky theme park. Um, that uh, is this a Ken Ham yeah, thing? Yeah, it's is a this Ham the, thing. Yeah, fucking idiots. Um, this is this is part of the uh, idiots who are part of that Answers in Genesis Christian nonprofit bullshit club uh, for total idiots. They've got this Kentucky <laughs> theme park. I mean, come on, really that's what it fucking dumb. is. Jesus, asinine bullshit. It's your asinine bullshit. Oh man, ridiculous. So they're gonna build a fucking Noah's Ark. Oh, and imagine they're running into problems building a fucking fictional boat. <laughs> I would have. You know, gonna I'm, build a Voldemort later, <laughs> right? <laughs> like, oh, I, you know, my fucking Voltron project no, isn't going no, very it's, well. It's difficult to get those things all to connect in the same way. I tried to build a fucking Inspector Gadget hat, and that's yeah. not going well either. Like. <laughs> I, I instead I've just got a fedora yeah. that I yelled yeah. things at. <laughs> Nothing is happening. <laughs> I gotta read part of this. He says, Ken Ham says, we still need those ARC supporters who weren't able to pur- purchase the ARC bonds at closing to prayerfully consider participating in a secondary bond delivery at the level they had indicated to us. Will you please step out in faith with us? And I kept thinking, I'm like, why aren't they just praying for it? Shouldn't they just be praying for this thing to be built and it'll be built? Isn't that what Noah did or whatever? Yeah, well, you know, Noah wasn't real. Yeah. So that's not <laughs> so a problem, right? Say, like Yeah, well, there you go. But you know, the other the other thing is Noah didn't have didn't Noah have like 400 fucking years to get this done or something? Yeah, and he also had the I mean, 73 he, million in backing that he needed to get the project finished. Right. Right. There was, you know, a lot of people underestimate the complex financial position that Noah was <laughs> right. in. You know, His as he was trying to sell. Was strong. And so it, was know, the, the actual the stream, too. Like the stream right? was strong. <laughs> it's it's hard to find investors that are all going to die after the initial <laughs> the best IPO. The part is, is that you, you got a lot of liquidity after that because there's a lot of liquid. Yeah, exactly. In 40 like, days of it, it turns out. <laughs> Good news is the IPO is a success. Yeah. The bad news is you're all yeah. dead. <laughs> yeah, so, well, that's the good news for know, the guy who got all your money, though. That's a win some, lose some sort of a project. I wonder if they're going to change the saying because it used to be, I don't know if, you know, it used to be the line was, yeah, well, I got a bridge in Brooklyn to sell you. Now it's going to be, well, I got an arc in Kentucky to sell you. Yeah, that should be. <laughs> oh, man. That's fucking awesome. I love that this project is sinking. <laughs> sinking. Um. <laughs> Sing! 
Because, it, you know, I mean, you just you just think about it for a second and you can tell it doesn't hold water. It's true. <laughs> it totally doesn't. <laughs> it's so bad. In the name of Jesus, we speak that. This story comes from rawstory.com. Christian host Brian Fisher, don't laugh at Oklahoma's Satan statue. It's not harmless. In case you were wondering, now is the time to panic. Ah! And he's got his hands over his head. So he's clearly panicking. Look at him. Look at that guy. Um, So if anybody was not following this story, and I actually purposely didn't tweet it because I kind of wanted to see what was going to happen before we discussed it on the show. Uh, In Oklahoma, they were going to have a Ten Commandments statue or monument or whatever. Um, And so a a Satanist group was like, well, if you can put the Ten Commandments up, we can put our fucking statue of Satan up. Um, And so they petitioned to have a statue of Satan up. And then I think a a Hindu group a few weeks after that was like, well, we want a fucking Vishnu statue up. Like everybody wants their own statues up, which I think is is delightful. But the, the Satanists... The Satanist group is actually pushing it pretty hard. In fact, they have unveiled their statue, which is a seven-foot-tall, goat-legged, <laughs> Bahamut statue. Awesome. It's fucking terrific. Oh, man. And you can just tell all the Oklahoman Christians are just shitting their pants right yeah. now. Oh, God damn well, it! Yeah, if you listen to this fucking, the goobers that call up this show, one of the goobers that calls in... um. He makes his case by basically saying, well, you know, we're a Christian nation and we are founded on Judeo-Christian principles. And the Ten Commandments are basically where we get our laws from. And you're like, "Okay, well, let's go through the Ten Commandments real quick. Let's just double check to see if we have laws based on the Ten Commandments. So the first one is thou shalt have no other gods before me. Now, let's do this like a quiz show, Tom. I'm going to read off a commandment, and you tell me whether or not it's a law. If it's not a law, can I just make a quiz show buzzer you can sound? Make a, you can make any sounds you like. Sweet. Just don't put the mic by your rear, okay? So, <laughs> Don't worry. My rear yeah. comes up to the mic. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So here we go. Thou shalt have no other gods before me. Law or not a law? <clears throat> okay. <clears throat> it's two double, double buzzer. No, it's not a law. Thou shalt not make unto thee a graven image or any likeness of anything that is in heaven above or in the earth beneath or that is in the water underneath underneath the earth. Okay, that's not a law either. Okay, yeah, all you have to do is look at any church. All right, so number three. Thou shalt not take the the name of thy Lord God in vain. Jesus Christ almighty, that's not a law. Yeah, I know. Like, look at TGI Fridays. (laughs) It's a blooming uh, onion delicious. (laughs) Okay. So, uh, okay, the next one, remember the Sabbath day and keep it holy? Uh, No, you can shop anywhere on Sunday. (laughs) You could also play football on that day. Um, Honor thy father and thy mother. Fuck you, mom. Nope, I didn't get arrested. (laughs) Not a law. Yeah, it didn't work. Yeah. Thou shalt not kill. Oh, that's a law. Yeah, you can't. That's a law. Well, ding, ding, no, ding, 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 We got our first law, ladies and gentlemen. Okay, thou shalt not commit adultery. Oh, that is not a law. Ah, yeah. see, now it is a law in 23 states. Oh, you got me. 
It's a law in 23 states. I looked that up today. I was shocked. I was in 23 states, including Illinois. It is illegal to have sex outside of wedlock. I guess if it's proven, although I don't think that the crime is very the, the, the like the punishment is very harsh. I think it's like fines. Really? But I don't think you can't yeah. step out on your on your spouse in not in Illinois. You can. It's against the law. Really? Yeah. Like if 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 it's. I mean, I would imagine somebody would have to bring it up in court. But twenty three other state in twenty two other states other than Illinois, it's a law. So that one's kind of we'll do that a half C because that's it's under fifty percent. Well, we'll give it a half. Let's right, say okay. Eh? Thou shalt not steal. Oh uh, yeah, that's pretty much a law. That's yeah, a that's law. Okay, so it's two we and we're up to one. two and a half. Thou shalt not bear false witness against thy neighbor. I'm gonna go a thirdsies on this one because you can't you can't um you you can't commit certain I would say like maybe libel would be or a perjury. form of false witness. Perjury would be a form of false witness. But I can say the sky is fucking like I I can say like I can say Cecil, you stole $200 from me. And it's not to say against the law if I just say it, right? Right. It's just right. against the law if I. Yeah, it's kind of an odd one. Yeah, we'll go halves. It's an odd let's, one. Let's, let's go, go halvesies, halvesies on that one, too. Yeah, so, yeah, so halvesies on bear false witness. And then thou shalt not covet. Clearly not a law in a covet based society. Yeah, like no, we have that's, a, that's a commandment that we, sh- that we do. I yeah, mean, right, like, capitalism exactly. demands it. So specifically, six are not laws. Right. Two are kind of laws, they kind of equal one. And then two are actually laws. So we clearly fucking failed utterly if the Ten Commandments are our guideline baseline for laws in this country. If that's what we were looking at, if that's what the fucking stoned ass fucking founding fathers were staring at, well, they're fucking smoking on some hemp like, whoa, dude, we should totally make some laws. (laughs) We fucking we failed utterly if that was our fucking benchmark. And I, I would point out that uh, Satan is founded on Judeo-Christian principles. <laughs> so, <laughs> right? I'm, I'm right. like, like the statue, be like, hmm, okie dokie. It's yeah. There's no Satan without uh, your. I mean, so uh, statue it up. Statue I just think up. that 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 Ten Commandments shit is so fucking tired. It's it is not. Our laws are not based on it. They have fucking no place in today's society. The only two, you know, obviously there's a few of them that make sense. Don't lie. And don't lie really applies to your own relationships as well as your relationships with others. So that's why I think that that equals one, right? No adultery. That, you know, you're basically lying to your spouse. The same thing goes with bearing fault and witness. Shouldn't lie. So can't we just say don't lie, don't steal, don't murder? Doesn't any fucking dummy know not to do that before I fucking I need some goddamn word from on high, some inerrant word of God to tell me to do that? Yeah. You know, it's funny because I remember um, uh, some time ago um, – I was having a conversation with somebody and they made that same argument. Oh, this was a long time ago. They made that same argument. You know, you got to have the Ten Commandments. And I'm like, do you know the Ten Commandments? Can you tell me the Ten Commandments right now that are so important? And they couldn't remember them all because they're sure. not applicable to your fucking life. They're not even remotely applicable. They're all about just a jealous God being jealous about being jealous. Right. Right. It's so funny because. We're not allowed to covet, right? But God covets. He covets the fuck out of some shit, right? I mean, that guy is, I mean, what is jealousy if not being co- covetous? A covet, covet, you know what I mean? I do, yes. <laughs> it's, I can't fucking use words good at the moment, but 
I mean, jealousy is is obviously it's it's a form of that, right? So um, I'm not allowed to covet, but God can get all fucking butt hurt if I have a different God. How does that work? Like, are you are you not covetous of my affections, of my uh, you know the trust and love and faith that I've put in another God? Like, it's a fucking do as I say, not as I do law. Like, it's a ridiculous, hypocritical bullshit commandment by a fake god it's the silliest (laughs) shit that you could possibly come up with you see i mean a third grader could dream up 10 better rules to live by. oh yeah i mean they really could in fact i'm gonna put it to my first grader i'm just gonna ask him if we can come up with five good rules that everybody should live by i'm gonna see what he comes up with this week i'll bet you i'll bet you he comes up with things like don't punch people or hurt them right right he's probably gonna come up with something like that don't lie. Don't be mean. You know, like those are like real simple things. Right. And like, I think everybody kind of follows those rules anyway, yeah. unless you're a fucking douchebag. You know what I mean? Like, unless you're a douchebag or you're mentally challenged or something, you, you you know, there's very few people who walk around, I think, and relish being mean to other people. Right? You know? <laughs> yeah. I mean, certainly those people exist, but they're just bad people. And we yeah. recognize, like, hmm. And they're not going to follow any fucking rules. I don't care how fucking, how bronzed they are. <laughs> okay, like, you know, I don't care how fucking prominently displayed your rules are. The assholes are never going to follow them. You could put do not eat people on a stone tablet in fucking Jeffrey Dahmer's house. And he was yeah. still going to fucking eat people. <laughs> he was you know what I mean? Like, it's just like, ah, I still a ate A person him. food. I still ate his brain. You want answers? I think I'm entitled. You want answers. I want the truth. You can't handle the truth. So see, this story comes from CNET. Um, Canada's ex-defense minister. Aliens would give us more tech if we'd stop wars. Paul Heiler, who has long insisted that aliens have visited Earth for many years says that when aliens saw the atomic bomb, they decided we were a great threat to the cosmos. What? Yeah. Um, what? This is a dude who obviously took the movie The Abyss a little too fucking seriously. It is The it's Abyss. It's The Abyss. I didn't think of that. That's awesome. It totally is. Where's Ed? This guy kind of looks like Ed Harris. <laughs> He's, he like fished his fucking wedding ring out of the fucking blue toilet. Like fucking... Ed, he's like Ed Harris's dad. It's, I mean, it's fucking, it is the abyss. I don't even know yeah. what else to say except for this movie. Like James Cameron already made this movie, dude. Yeah. We don't yeah. need to rehash no, it's, it's, this. It's true. I, you know, here's, here's, there's a couple things I want to say. One of them, I want to read what he says. He says, the reason for this, he said, and I'm reading directly from this, uh, from this CNET article. It says, the reason for this, he said, was that a man was stupid enough to invent the atomic bomb. Aliens are frightened that we are going to use it again and again, and this will affect the whole balance of the cosmos. And the first thing I thought is, you know, the sun, every second, is the equivalent to one billion nuclear bombs. Yeah. When when I say one billion, what I mean to say is a hundred billion. Yeah. I messed that up. A hundred billion nuclear bombs. That's one bomb going off on a tiny speck of fucking moda dust in the fucking far edge of the fucking spiral arm of our galaxy is nothing. It's just like, oh, yeah, that's no one would even notice. I also enjoy the idea that um, atom bombs would be even remotely worth noting if you right. were an alien species that had mastered the uh, unfathomable difficulties of interstellar space travel. Like, here you are, 
a sentient being capable of communicating with another sentient being. Think about the challenges just linguistically there. Um, you've mastered all of the various challenges of taking your physical body and shooting it across the vast, uh, unbelievable distances of the great voids of space. Um, and you arrive, and the best thing we've got is a fucking atomic, like a thermonuclear weapon. Like, that's what we've got. That is sure. that is roughly, I would have to imagine, the equivalent of watching a chimpanzee scoop termites out of a mound with a stick. Right. It's a fucking bone tool. Right. You're like... I mean, we're we're basically it'd be it'd be like us going back in time and chastising cavemen for hitting each other with fucking rock axes. Like, oh, you invented the axe. Oh, you could kill each other one at a time. <laughs> it's a weapon of eventual destruction. Eventual. That's a good way to put it. I like this other part too. He says Indeed, he claimed that two alien ladies went to Las Vegas to shop dressed as nuns and no one was any wiser. And actually, that's the plot of Sister Act 3. <laughs> what, it's called Women in Black. What are they shopping for? And white. I don't like, know. What would, they, what would they get? I can't believe, too, that aliens go to Vegas and they're worried about atomic bombs. Like, have you been to Vegas? Like they're dressed as nuns. Dressed, why like, would what, they be why dressed as nuns? And how do we even why know that, that they're they're lady aliens? Like, do they well, have the same sex? Like the same gender? Yeah, no. There's two sexes. There's clearly two sexes, like a, right? That's the thing is like these people, like aliens that people dream up, are always us, just a little green. Right, I know it's exactly true. They're like, yeah, they're uh, basically got two arms and two legs and a torso and a neck and then a head, two eyes, a mouth, a nose. So it's people. No, 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 no. Don't, don't get crazy. It's not people because they're yeah. they they're kind of gray and they don't wear pants. And you're like, yeah, and they, so it's my uncle they, Fred. Like, like that's where they're the same color. They just have a crumply forehead. Right. You know what I mean? Like they're the exact same fucking right. thing as us. Like how do you evolve on two different planets? Like Star Trek is ridiculous because it's like, okay, uh, these these two different creatures that evolved completely separately. Like the fucking Klingons, all they have is a fucking little mound on their I know. face. You're just like you're the same fucking thing as They're, us. You just fucking talk in the back of your throat. Like that's the only difference between us. Yeah, they basically speak German. I mean, that's it. Right. Like that's they it. They speak some sort of fucking Germanic <laughs> language where they're doing all the awk 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 stuff. Right. Right. They all need the Heimlich maneuver. Is pretty uh, much the. It's just. I mean, it's it's so silly. It's it's you know it's science fiction, dude. And this guy was like a fucking important guy in Canada. What the fucking somebody spiked his maple syrup. <laughs> So we're here with Tanner Campbell from the No God cast, as well as uh, many other places we're going to get into a little later. But we wanted to talk to him about his podcast. Tanner, thanks for coming on the show. Hey, thanks for having me, man. Very much appreciated. So uh, so tell us a little bit about your podcast. Well, uh, at the moment, it is in what you might call remission. <laughs> we ended season one the second to last week of December. And uh, we said, you know, let's, let's take a break. And uh, we, there was a lot of stuff that we were having a hard time doing. Like we... You know, we were live streaming the video, and we were doing all these other things that we were trying to get complicated. 
And when you get complicated, things don't really work out as well as they could. So we said, let's end, let's end this season. Let's take a break, regroup. Let's get back to basics. And uh, we're coming back January 28th with a much stronger show and a hell of a guest lineup. That's awesome. Now, the seasons, that's an interesting way to do it. I hadn't really considered doing seasons. Here we are just slaving away every goddamn week when we could do fucking seasons, Tom. That was my first thought when he said seasons. I was like, fucking, our season's been 130 episodes long. <laughs> Imagine, like, you turn into friends. They're fucking haggard and exhausted. Oh, yeah. It's like, I'm so tired. <laughs> We're not even fucking friends anymore. That's how. <laughs> seasons. We got to do seasons. That is awesome. That's a brilliant way to do it's it. It's really just Man. a cheap way to get a couple weeks off a year, really. It totally is pretty awesome. Though I mean, it's like a great way to be like, that's the end of the season. Time to take a break. On to Cancun, everyone. Right. And the best part <laughs> is, people will accept that as if it's like totally reasonable. Like, oh, well, yeah, it's like legitimate. It's the end of the season. Not not ever stopping to say, wait a minute, this isn't a structured <laughs> program. There's no reason. It's like the it's not like the writers have to come up with the material for the next. Right. Right. Yeah. We just fake a writer's strike at the end of every year. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you got to do. That's awesome. So, you know, this comes at a good time, though, uh, the little break, because um, you have another endeavor that's been going on since, I want to say, probably late October that started. Uh, what have you been up to other than your podcast? This was, a, <laughs> see, that was, I didn't want to admit to this, but yeah, that's pretty much the other reason that I took some time off, or we, Ben and I, took some time off is we're, we i i had bitten off more than i could chew and i was really feeling the pressure between the the show the no god cast and my day job and all these other things i was trying to do and i just said you know i got to i got to focus <laughs> i got to regroup i got to have some time to to finish these things or to get these things to work or they're never going to take off and uh those three items are secular.fm which is a 24/7 broadcasting network which you guys are part of Yay! thank you very much for for being part of it by the way which is awesome. Uh, and the other two things are secularite.com, which is a secular news network, or becoming so, and then uh, Secularite Magazine, which is on the uh, Apple newsstand. So tell us a little bit about each one. So secular, let's start with the magazine. What's the magazine, and what, what was the inspiration of creating it? Uh, God, I could probably go on for an hour about that. Uh, That's yeah. good, because we need as much content as possible. Nobody wants to listen to us, Dan. <laughs> it's good, because we have absolutely we have nothing prepared. Yeah, okay, I'm just going to go ahead and put myself on mute. I'll be back in uh, 59 yeah. minutes. <laughs> 59 minutes. <laughs> I think the, uh, well, I don't think, I know. The inspiration for it was that, you know, we know there are other magazines out there. Like, uh, I can't think of any off the top of my head uh -huh. because I didn't prepare <laughs> to answer that question. But <laughs> I know there are other secular and atheist magazines out there, and they're doing a great job. But, you know, I kind of had this vision of what a magazine could be, and uh, our editor, uh, uh, Aubrey Adrianson, had, uh, had a similar vision. And, you know, we said, let's let's do it our way, and we can give the communities that we care about, which are, you know, the secular communities, the atheist communities, et cetera, we can give them another resource, another another tool, and a way to, you know, a place to go as a medium to get the word out about, you know, nonprofit events or speaking engagement, stuff like that. So we really saw it as providing the community with a tool, and we thought that was really important. And to be honest, that was also the drive of, Secularite.com and of Secular.fm. What's the What's the difference between Secular.com and the and the magazine? What would be the difference? The major differences. Uh, Secularite.com tries its best to, and we're st it's only been up for two months, so we're still really finding ourselves and you know trying to figure out what exactly we're going to be doing. You know, down to the letter, being very specific about it. But 
Uh, first of all, it's free. It doesn't cost anything. Um, whereas the magazine is two ninety nine an issue or twenty nine ninety nine a year. Um, and secularite.com is a news network. That's what we want it to be. Whereas Secularite magazine is more like kind of op-eds, uh, longer versions of articles you might find on secularite.com. So it's like expanded material, different material than you're going to get at Secularite? Right, exactly. And and on more serious topics, to be frank. So what kind of lineup do you have, like, writer-wise? Uh, for the website, we've got some pretty excellent writers. We're trying to build a core team. So there aren't a lot on the site right now, but we've got uh, Dan Errol, who you may or may not have heard through the Twitter sphere or Facebook that uh, he recently took a position as an editor at the Richard Dawkins Foundation. So we're super glad that we had him first. <laughs> and he, he's, he's staying with us, which is really cool. That's awesome. Because if I got hired at the Richard Dawkins Foundation, I might peace yeah. out. <laughs> yeah, I'm just telling you, Cecil, right now, if I get hired at the Richard Dawkins Foundation, no, wait, that's never going to fucking I was just going to like, fuck it, I was going to stop you right. mid-sentence. Are you serious? Right. I, I, I couldn't get hired as a bouncer <laughs> yeah. at the Richard Dawkins Foundation. Like, uh, no, no. And then we've got, uh, we've got Audrey Abrams, uh, rather, Aubrey Adrianson, and I always reverse the B's and D's in her name for some reason. And she writes a column called Being Atheist in a Christian America, which is really good. Then we've got uh, Dan Finca, who's uh, writing a bit on empowerment ethics. It's a column on empowerment ethics. Then we've got uh, Alonzo Fife who does real-world ethics, so like day-to-day applications of ethics. And then we've got uh, Kyle Jones, who just joined, geez, I think last week, and he hosts the Interview an Atheist at Church Facebook page, and he just does exactly what that would sound like. And he's writing uh, a column called All the Consequences of This, uh, which is a Sartre quote, um, meaning that I forget how the whole quote goes, but it's something like, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna butcher it, so I'm not even gonna try. But uh, it's an it's an excellent <laughs> column. He's already written three articles, and I think he just he just started at the beginning of this week, so he's really taken off. And then uh, for Secularite Magazine, we we also want to build a core, but at the same time, we want to bring in fresh writers. So, for example, uh, in the January issue, we've got uh, Dan Bacheldor, who is a uh, astrophysicist and college professor, and he's writing about the uh, evidence for the Big Bang. Uh, so it's gonna, it's actually gonna, it's actually an excellent article, and I'm very excited to have everybody read it. And then uh, Aubrey Adrianson is doing a bit on uh, Martin Luther King. We've got a woman by the name of Catherine Patterson who goes by K A T Frog Cat Frog on Twitter, and she's she's written for every issue so far. Though truth be told, there's only been two. Uh, <laughs> and, uh, she, she, she's really really good, and she's part she's part of the core team. And then we've got AJ AJ Johnson from uh, the B Secular guys, the B Secular group. Um, and mm-hmm. Secular Student Alliance is writing for us. Again, Dan Errol, Alonzo, Fife, Dan Finca. Paul Loeb is writing a bit on uh, theocracy, uh, what is dominoism. Uh, it's, the magazine's great. The site's great. I mean, I can't say enough about the people who are writing for us because they're just they're – just, we're lucky to have them. Well, I got to say, it sounds like you've got much higher standards for the writing than you clearly do for the podcast. <laughs> the <laughs> much podcasting side. Given that uh, we're slumming it on. Uh, yeah, and Jake's in there, too. Right. I mean, come on, we got to bust on Jake whenever yeah. we get a chance <laughs> Wait, wait, here, wait, so. wait, wait. Which Jake? Which Jake? Uh, well, I'm talking, I'm talking about Jake from, uh, from, uh, from the underworld. Jake from Australia. Oh, yes. <laughs> Imaginary friend show, Jake. It's a great show, man. You guys got to bust on Jake. It is. <laughs> he is a great, he's a great guy. He's been on our show a couple times. He's been on our show three times, I think. And every time he's been an absolute blast. He's a funny guy. He runs a really funny show. I actually caught the show with you. You were on it. Um, I think Adam was on it. And then, uh, and then No Illusions was on it as well. 
Yeah, Noah cracks me up. He, that was actually... Yeah. I'm a little embarrassed to say this, but when when I started doing the No God cast, I was... I mean, I had no furniture in my house. It was the middle of winter in Denver. I just moved out there away from all my family and friends because I was tired of Florida. And uh, I had nothing to do. So I'm like, let's start a podcast. And I started the No God cast, was amazed that that name wasn't taken, was amazed that I was able to get the domain and the user and, you know, the, the Twitter handle. And uh, I just started putting so much effort into that to produce shit <laughs> 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 that, that I, didn't, I didn't have time to really realize who the community members were. You know, I really overlooked that part of it. So I had no idea who No Illusions was until like three, four weeks, maybe two months before that interview. And it, it was the first time I'd heard him. I'd never heard his show. Everybody told me it was great, and it is great. I've heard, I've heard yeah. almost every episode at this point. I went, made a point after that interview to go back and listen to his stuff. But, yeah, he's a funny guy, and scathing Very is definitely guy. the right word. Yeah, no, that's a really good show. There, there's a lot of great shows that are on uh, on uh, Secular FM, too. There's another show um, called Atheists on Air that I've caught a couple times They're when excellent. I listen to Secular.fm. Mm-hmm. That is a really good show. Those that that they have a they have a co-host dynamic that is really very genuine. And uh and it was a really fun show to listen to. I was engaged the whole time. Uh even though the guy has a southern accent. But I, I think that kind of helps make it, doesn't it? Yeah, it sure does. It's great. You know, that's that's gotta be a community too that doesn't get you know, that gets a lot of uh mockery and ridicule. But it probably doesn't have a whole lot of its own voices out there in the secular community. So putting out, you know, very literally a southern voice, mm. you know, in that into that community, I think is is probably important because that's a group of people that I think, you know, do feel isolated and that could benefit and and you know from something like secular.fm. Um, so I guess Tanner, what I'd like you to do is is kind of tell me who your audience is. Who do you see as your intended audience? For, for each of these projects. So, everyone? <laughs> um, <laughs> that's a, the Pope? So you're thinking the you Pope's going to You narrowed that down pretty well. So yeah. for, well, for Secular FM, it's uh, I've realized now, probably a couple of weeks ago, that we have almost exclusively atheist shows. And secular does not mean atheist. So what we're trying to do now is we've we've put the kibosh on hiring any more shows that are strictly atheism. So we've got uh, we've got A Matter of Doubt. Atheists on Air, The Bible Reloaded, You Wonderful Folks, Cognitive Dissonance, uh, C-Web Sunday School, uh, Adam Reeks and the Herd Mentality Podcast, Imaginary Friend Show, uh, My Show the No God Cast, The Pink Atheist, and we just recently added a completely un- unfaith-related, unreligious debate-related, it's called The History of Misunderstanding, uh, and it's with a couple of folks from uh, from England, the North End and the South End, and they live in Yorkshire, I think, or just York. And uh, it's just a movie review podcast, and it's really entertaining. And so what we're trying to do at this point now is we're trying to get away from all the atheist podcasts and sprinkle in some, you know, some tech stuff, some geek stuff, some entertainment stuff. You know, secular pretty much means anything that isn't religious. So there's a lot more we can do with this network than we're doing with it currently. Um, but I'm happy with the shows we have, and I'm looking forward to in this year probably adding another eight or nine shows. So, what what if somebody logs into Secular FM? What's going to happen? Like, what's the what's 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 the user experience like? Uh, it just starts playing. <laughs> and we, we, it, it, took, it, it, it took so much work to make that happen because what happened was we we long, we're using Spreaker, 
we're we're using a, a piece of software called Sam Broadcaster co- to connect to the IceCast servers for Spreaker, which was very difficult to figure out what their IceCast address was because they weren't so happy to just give it out. They weren't answering my emails. Um, so I had to do a little hunting for it. But we broadcast from Sam Broadcaster on a, uh, on a dedicated server uh, out to the IceCast server, which then gets pulled into the little JavaScript player at the bottom of the site. And at first, when we did that, the only browser that it would work in was Firefox. And I thought, great, it's working. Because Firefox is a fucking tank. That's, that's why. Exactly right. <laughs> you, can, you cannot fuck up anything in Firefox. Right. So, but that's right. what I use. So I'm like, oh, great, it's working everywhere. Uh, and then I had some people jump on and tr- beta test it before we made the announcement. And they're like, this is working on absolutely nothing but Firefox. So yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we were supposed to launch the day before Christmas. Could not do that oh. because of that problem. And it took us... Probably a straight twenty hours, two days oh, to uh, to get that fixed, and then we launched the day after Christmas. How many bags of Doritos does a web designer go through in twenty <laughs> oh, hours? I mean, there had to be your floor had to be littered with Doritos and those little like the wax cheeses. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it is. We, we are we're all just get fat and we never leave the house. That's, that's a, yeah, just <laughs> pretty soon you can't type one key at yeah. a time. You just. It's no, a veritable like, sea I, of Red Bull and Monster Energy <laughs> drinks scattering the floor. That's absolutely right. As a guy who does web stuff, though, that's the worst fucking feeling in the world where you're just like, I cannot get it to oh work in anything else. And then you get it to work in one other thing and you do the fucking happy dance in your underwear for like 45 oh, really, minutes. It is. It's like you've solved a Rubik's Cube. And you will spend oh. – I'm the worst at it. My girlfriend hates me for it. If I'm, if I'm in the middle of trying to fix something like – there's a ton of shit that I don't give a fuck about. Like I don't, I don't. She hates it because I don't do the dishes. Because I'm like, I don't see any real need to do the dishes. But <laughs> I'll, I'll wind up in some. Yeah. I'll wind up with my face buried in code for. I will not get out of the chair for like 11 hours. And she's like, "You fixed that problem yet? It can't be that hard." And I just look at her and I'm like, "You watch your mouth." <laughs> get so upset about it. People have died for yeah, less. But I just get sucked into it. I don't know what it is about web design that pulls me in, but code problems just hard things to solve. I like to solve hard things, and then easy things I kind of procrastinate the hell out of. Yeah, I'm better with the dishes. Like I would do. I'd be okay. <laughs> Although, you know, truth be told, I've never, and I I can say this with complete honesty, I have never had a problem getting any of our web stuff to work. Shut your fucking pie. I I say, Cecil, does the web stuff work? I'm not sure what it is. And you say yes. And it's always been, I mean, it actually doesn't take me any time at all. Yeah, you're an asshole. That's why I'm a Tanner, do you want a job? Tanner, (laughs) let me tell you. Well, that's, I think that's something else that I should share for, for any podcast that are listening and might fit the description of a geek podcast or a non-faith argument-related podcast, because that's what we're trying to add right now. Um, The purpose of what we're doing is we really want for this network to be so popular and have so much traffic in a month that we can insert small and not obnoxious and completely related uh, advertisements into each show in a very, you know, good way that's not annoying, you know, as annoying as FM radio, for example. And uh, we we want to get the podcast paid. We want to. You guys love doing this, and I bet there are a lot of things that maybe you don't do with the show because you've got day jobs. And I'm in a similar situation. And and we really want to we want to make it so everybody's free of you know so they can do what they love for a living. I mean that's what everybody wants to do. Well, it's it's a grand goal. I hope we get there. We're going to be sending people as much as we can to uh, to Secular FM and uh, Secularite Magazine. We hope that the listeners pick it up. 
Uh, Tanner, thank you so much for coming on. You, do you want to give out a plug for your No Godcast? What, where, where can they go to listen to that? Sure. Uh, you go to nogodcast.com or check us out on iTunes, uh, Stitcher. We're at all the places you would go to listen to a podcast, I guess. Uh, I'm just going to go to secular.fm. That's where yeah. I'm going to go. Oh, man, I'm the worst salesman. That's what I should yes. have said. Can you give us a preview of who's going to be on your show coming yes. up uh, in the new I'll, season, I'll, in season two? Now, you'll have to forgive me because this first guy, I'm going to tell you who the first episode will be, and I can never pronounce his name. So I'm going to look him up real quick to see if I can butcher his name a little less. Uh, his name is Joe Sinowek. Do you know that name? Sinowek or something along those lines? I don't know. Let's, let's see, Joe. C-I-C-E-I. C-I-E. If it's hard to pronounce, I just make something up. Okay, that's his name is I Joe Chinkowski, and apparently you were way off. Wait a minute, yeah. you pretty Wait far off. There. <laughs> you weren't like you weren't even close. <laughs> well, <laughs> that was awesome. It's like you said Bob Jones. <laughs> Fantastic. Like his name is. Uh, uh, Steve <laughs> Jablonski. Steve Jablonski. Like, Something with skis at oh, the end anyway, of it. Anyway. <laughs> so uh, Joe Chinkowski, which I hope is how you say his name, is the author of 100 Plus Reasons Not to Vote for Barack Obama and the host of Truth Meets at the Top radio show. So he is a what a lot of us might call a right-wing nutter. Um, but it's, <laughs> it's not actually going to be us interviewing him. Our first episode is going to be uh, Robert Copley, who you may or may not be familiar with on Twitter, is Liberty underscore uh, 2112. Uh, and he's going, to be doing, he's going to be doing the interview. And this is, there are a lot of people on Twitter who are really waiting to hear this because this guy apparently does not go on any show very frequently. He, he went out a couple years ago or something because he had some dispute with his wife and I guess got abusive and there was a big to-do about it. Uh, and a lot of people were wanting us to have him on last season. And, you know, I have no idea who he was. Again, this is me not knowing people of the community or people who are sure, sure. opponents of the community in this gentleman's case. Uh, and, you know, I said, well, we'll try, we'll try. And then he agreed to do it in December. We went on break oh, and he said, well, it'll be the first episode. So uh, that's our first person. We've Very got some cool. great people lined up. I don't want to hint at Lawrence Krauss, sure. but we've got some emails going back and forth. So that might happen. Oh, oh, that's great. Oh, I had, good luck. I hope that works out for you. If it does, good luck with that. That sounds great. Well, Tanner, thanks so much for joining us today, and uh, and and good luck with uh, with with the new season of No Godcast. Thank you, sir. I uh, look forward to maybe having you guys on it. All right. Sounds good. Thank you, Tanner. See you on Secular FM. <laughs> that was <Hey>. awesome. <laughs> So we got a comic uh, from Sakura that is uh, really awesome. It's very funny. It's it's it goes back to one of the things uh, that we had said a long time ago about uh, um, about circumcision. So I'm going to put it on this episode's show notes, episode 133. Go there and check it out. Sakura did a great job on it. Uh, so check out this this comic. I laughed out loud when I saw it, and to be and to and actually. Uh, I put up the bit this week that we did on this, this circumcision bit. That's on YouTube. I added a few other things to our YouTube page. So if you go check out our YouTube page, uh, you can find out uh, what, what I'm doing is I'm loading up shows that are uh, – or portions of shows that we that people said were funny. So I'm taking 
portions of our show that people enjoyed before. And there's so few, I don't have a lot of work to do, but you know, it's just <laughs> like a little tiny bits of, of certain portions. And I'm taking some of the interviews too, that we thought were pretty good and we're loading them up as well. So, uh, if you get a chance, um, go to our YouTube page. And if you have any suggestions on segments that you think were, were exceptionally good, let us know what they are and we can maybe load them up onto the YouTube page as well. Now, I love this comic. I thought it was a riot. It's very well drawn. It's, it's, it's great. It's yeah, just awesome. it's very funny. Thank you so much for sending it to us. We got an email from Matt and Matt said, uh, told, told us to listen to this even-handed and informative podcast on fluoride. I have not listened to it yet, but I, it is on my to-do list uh, within this uh, 2014, so I'm sure I'll get to it. Um, but I'm going to put a link to it. Um, the uh, the the name of the podcast is Science for the People, and it's about fluoride. So I'm going to post it on this episode show notes, um, just to make sure that people get a chance to listen to it. Thank you, Matt, for sending it in. Tom, we 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 kind of missed out a little bit last week. Brian says, "Yeah, I could not believe it." This email from Brian. Hey guys, loving the podcast. However, I can't believe that you let this latest Amish story pass without making a single neck beard. God, I don't know how we. I hope this oversight was just that—an oversight <sighs> and will not happen again in any future Amish stories. I assure you, it will not <sighs> recur. This is—if if I have one resolution, <laughs> uh, it's to mock right. the Amish. And their ridiculous neck I'll beards. tell you, I feel so much regret for it's that. It's such an opportunity lost. Yeah. Man, we were, we're on that. Yeah, though, no, definitely. Brian. The neck we're beard, I'm going to, you know, every time I put an Amish in there, I'm just going to replace it with neck beard in our notes. I might troll around again for more Amish No, because you hate them so much. I really do hate the Amish. <laughs> so. Fucking assholes. We got a couple of emails about living on Snap, but a bunch, a couple people had sent in and said that they had done it before and that they had found it. To be some sometimes challenging, but mostly pretty easy. Um, and that's and that can be true depending on the neighborhood you live in. But one of the things to remember, especially the people who are living in those areas, um, don't have access to the same food you do. Uh, a lot of people in the United States live in what they call food deserts, and that's like when you're in the in the inner city for miles without public transportation, there will be no grocery stores. The grocery stores exist in places where they can sell the groceries on the outskirts. And the places that are grocery stores in those in those areas that are in the bad parts of town are normally overpriced. And they did a, a I remember Tom, remember the milk thing? They were doing prices of milk to see how much and there yeah, was like price fixing on milk yeah. and Absolutely. Yeah, so, yeah, they gouge people in those convenient you know, a lot of a lot of the, a lot of times in in lower income communities, the only Things that pass for grocery stores are really convenience stores, what we would call a convenience store. And they might sell milk and eggs and a few other basic staples, but they mark the shit out. They mark them up like crazy because they know they have a, a, a captive audience to purchase those items. You know, you've got people who don't have access to public transportation or private transportation. They got to walk to the nearest store. You can gouge the yeah. shit out of Especially this time of do. year. I mean, like the last oh, couple yeah. days, it's been unbelievably cold in Chicago. And there was a lot of snow that hit right before the cold. And so the streets in Chicago for like three days, and I don't know if this is how it was by you, Tom, but the three streets in Chicago, the side streets in Chicago for three days were unplowed, just unplowed, just garbage mess. I mean, it was just, and, and right now you could walk down the streets in downtown Chicago in the loop where I work. And I have to walk on the street in some places because there's just no, nobody has cleared off the sidewalk. It was too cold the days of people walked on it and now it's just too hard to shovel. And now it's just this 
mess on the sidewalk. I can't imagine what it's like in the places, the poorer areas of the city where people aren't getting any kind of public service or public assistance at all for like their roads cleaning off stuff. Can you imagine if you have to walk through all that too and go to the store? I mean, it's just, you know, being poor, it's exponentially worse. You know, when you're, you know, when you're not in those situations, it's a lot easier. And, uh, and, and it's, it's, that's why the snap challenge it's, it's not only important to show you the perspective on what they live on, but it also gives you an opportunity to see how good you have it, even if you are doing the Snap Challenge. Absolutely. And I'm going to start the Snap Challenge on Monday of this coming week. So by the time the show starts, I will have begun my seven-day Snap Challenge. And so I, we want you guys to try to remember, if you can, to donate to your local food depository. We're still running that until the end of January. We're getting donations in, but they're coming at kind of a trickle. We've, we're reaching about $1,000 now, but we need a lot more people to donate. So, you know, $300 is at stake here. We're, we're, we're hopefully going to feed the hungry in, in Illinois here. You, you have an opportunity to make that happen and make it happen in your own area. So if you donate to any food depository, uh, it doesn't matter if it's your local one or we have a link up right now to the Greater Chicago Food Depository on our, on our website. Donate to them. Send us the receipt. You can block your letters out as long as we see the amount and that you donated. And if we reach $3,000 with our listeners, we are going to donate $300 on our own. Yeah, please help us get to that to that goal. It's a worthy goal. It, it I mean, this is putting food in people's bellies, not ours. We don't yeah, need no, any more. We're, we're good. They could probably we're cut fine. off parts of me and feed yeah. the homeless. And I would be but fine. Let's, let's do it. Yeah, right? No kidding. Like, you could cut off parts of me. I don't even think I would yeah. notice. <laughs> Thanks. That was like, itching I'm walking earlier. a little lighter. That's fine. So we got a, a message from uh, from Greta Christina, who was on our show before. She did a she wrote a book called "Why Are You Atheists So Angry: Ninety Nine Things That Piss Off the Godless," and uh, we had her on our show and we talked about her book and uh, and we enjoyed her company. And she wound up sending us a message saying that she's coming out with a brand new book called "Coming Out Atheist: How to Do It, How to Help Each Other, and Why." Um, the book's at the typesetter right now. We're hoping to have her on. It's in like it's in pre-publication right now, and we're hoping to have her on before April. Um, we're in talks right now, but we're you know that's going to be a guest that we're really excited to have come back on the show. So look for that. We're hoping we're going to try to schedule something with her for March, but you know it may be a little sooner, it may be a little later. But also be on the lookout for her book. Like I said, it's called "Coming Out Atheist: How to Do It, How to Help Each Other, and Why." We'll put a link up the moment that we find a link for her book. Um, we don't see it on Amazon currently, but the moment we find a link for her book, we'll put it up online so you guys get a chance to order it. And if you've not already read uh, her other book, 99, uh, Why Are You Atheists So Angry? 99 Things That Piss Off the Godless. It's a very, it's a fun read. It's a totally fun read. You should check yeah, it out. Yeah, it's totally worth it. I, I got on Kindle and I, I loved it. I thought it was great. We got a comment about vitamin K and Google. We did. Uh, Mark sent us an email. I love how Google knows me. I know how much info they have on me and find that I come out ahead in this symbiotic relationship. I say this just so it doesn't come across that I'm shitting on Google. The point I want to make is that the results you see can be very skewed by Google's algorithm. Algorithm. So the people that search for batshit moronic ideas a lot are going to see batshit results. Also, as a Canadian, I can confirm two maple syrup brigades are preparing to move south because we forgot to agree to not quarter British soldiers. Your constitution rocks, but that doesn't make it better than the Magna Carta. Very true. And they're being led by that crazy fucking ex-defense minister. <laughs> He's got his fucking right. colander on his head. He's marching He's down He's ready here. to go. He's doing right. fucking... I will just say that when you're 
maple syrup brigades arrive, I will meet them with my pancake army. Yeah. And we will have sweet, sweet a love. waffling good time. I'll bring the butter, yeah. my friend. Fantastic. Big, giant, fucking huge pats of butter. I, I agree about the Google algorithms thing. And I think that uh, that you're right. Um, you're absolutely right. Google does pay attention to that sort of thing. And, and we'll find out, you know, especially if you're looking up crazy shit already, it's going to make it look you look up some even crazier shit. But I, I'm curious. I wonder what would happen if I wasn't signed in anywhere and I did a search for vitamin K shots. I'm going to actually try it. I think I might try it in a computer lab somewhere. I wonder if the algorithm would even affect me if I was in a computer lab somewhere because it's such a random sampling of people using that computer. Yeah, I wonder, too, like if you just buy a brand new computer. Yeah, as, like, as long in, as you're just... not signed in. I wonder if they – I have a right. feeling that they're, they're probably matching your IP address though. So like they're probably mm. paying attention to yeah. where you're logging in from. But that's why I thought you know, if, if I do it from like a computer lab at a university, that's such a random sampling of people. Although again, you're still, you're still leaning towards probably a liberal mindset you know, more so than anything else, right? Yeah, you probably have to go to like uh, – I think then it would depend on where that computer is – again, you know, who's, who's using it is going to – comprise that demographic you know if you if you go to an urban uh you know library for example and grab one of their computers versus a rural library well you get very different results it might be an interesting experience to to see google the same thing at different places to see what your results Mm -hmm. would be i'm sure somebody's already done it that strikes me as the kind of thing that someone yeah someone has done and blogged about it and then tweeted it uh please remember to vote for us in the stitcher awards uh, we have a, actually an announcement. Um, we were going to give out two shirts in the Stitcher Awards. We got a really nice message from a guy by the name of Kevin, and he says, "I'm a huge fan of the show. Uh, I'd love to." Uh, he says, "I'd love to see you guys win on Stitcher. I've been voting every day. I'm just launching an atheist T-shirt site called ThreadsOfDoubt.com. So I'd love to help by donating some of my shirts to whoever wins the drawing." So. He specifically said that he would donate some of his shirts. So uh, so there's going to be actually more shirts that we're giving out. So if you want to join the contest, all you have to do is go to um, vote for us. You can find the link on uh, episode 133 or episode 132. It's the Stitcher Awards. You have to be in, you have to be logged into Facebook to do it. You click on the link. You vote for us. You take a screenshot of that vote. So it's got to be the screenshot that says you voted for cognitive dissonance, not you checking on the thing. If you send us a thing of you checking on the thing, that's not a, you actually sending it to them. You haven't sent it to them yet. So you have to make sure your vote goes through. Um, we'll probably still count the ones that sent us to us like that, but you, you have to make sure you send it through. And then once you do that, take a screenshot of it, send it to us, and you have to label it Stitcher Awards um, send it to us, uh, dissonance.podcast at gmail.com. You enter into a contest to get a shirt. So whether or not we win the, the Stitcher award or not, we're going to give away two shirts out of our own pocket. And then we're going to give some shirts away from this, from this very nice gentleman who's donated shirts to the cause. So there's going to be extra shirts that go out. So you have a, a very good chance of winning. If you send in a message, uh, send in a message to us with that image capture of you voting. So if you vote this week, great. And we're going to probably load this show up early. So you have a couple of days to do it. You can do it every day and you can submit it every day. Also, if we win, Tom and I are going to do four extra shows in a two-month span. So it's probably going to be four four extra shows, uh, I want to say, between 
February and March or either March and April. We're not sure, but there'll be four extra shows in there. So it'll be 12 shows in two months rather than eight shows in two months. So if we win, if we get enough people to vote, we will do extra shows, four extra shows. So just remember that. And I think we should record all four of those extra shows back no, to back God, to back No, it didn't work back. out last time. You know what I was thinking, yeah. though? It'd be pretty funny if we do a revelation episode again, except for this time we do it very seriously and get people on who know a lot about like the biblical scholars. <laughs> just like go through yeah, the whole thing. Yeah, just go through the whole thing. Pretend we pretend give we shit. give fucking two shits about it. All right, so we want to thank Tanner Campbell for coming on. Tanner Campbell runs a podcast called the No God Cast. Uh, he also is uh, is in charge of Secular FM and the Secular Broadcasting Network. You can find his podcast at Secular FM. You can also find our podcast streaming at Secular FM. Uh, and, uh, and you should go check it out. Bookmark it as, as time goes on, it's currently in beta, but as time goes on, that site's going to get more and more robust. So just go check it out and, uh, and, and bookmark it and go back there. I mean, like I found a couple of shows already that I've listened to that I was very impressed with. Um, atheist on air had me hooked from the moment they started talking. Those people are just genuinely good people. And I was listening to them, Tom, they had this great, like, I want to, I could have been their very first episode, where the the lady who was on there was talking about how she just set up out of nowhere, just set up this thing where she was going to be feeding kids in her school district that weren't going to be able to have enough food over the weekend because they they eat a food at school at lunch on Friday and they don't get another meal until they get back to oh. school on Monday. Oh. And she's setting up funds to try to feed those kids. And I was just like immediately hooked. I was like, this is a good, a genuinely good person. And they had some really great things to say. I caught that show. I caught No God Cast. I caught an episode of Bible Reloaded. I just had it on in the background, and it was a great thing to listen to. So go check out Secular.fm. We're on there, and you can hear our old crappy shows. So go listen to it. <laughs> well, until next time, we're going to leave you, as always, with The Skeptic's Creed. Credulity is not a virtue. It's fortune cookie cutter, mommy issue, hypno-Babylon bullshit. Couched in scientician, double bubble, toil and trouble, pseudo quasi alternative, acupunctuating, pressurized, stereogram, pyramidal, free energy, healing, water, downward spiral, brain dead pan, sales pitch, late night info docutainment. Leo Pisces, cancer cures, detox, reflex, foot massage, death and towers, tarot cars, psychic healing, crystal balls, Bigfoot, Yeti, aliens, churches, mosques and synagogues, temples, dragons, giant worms, Atlantis, dolphins, truthers, birthers, witches, wizards, vaccine nuts, shaman healers, evangelists, conspiracy, doublespeak, stigmata, nonsense. Expose your signs. Thrust your hands, bloody, evidential, conclusive. Doubt even this. The opinions and views expressed in this show are that of the hosts only. Our poorly formed and expressed notions do not represent those of our wives, employers, friends, families, or of the local dairy council. <laughs> <laughs>